1: This is Derek Bukema, pastor of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today for Grounded and Growing in Christ here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Each weekday at this time, we open God's Word, exploring how it changes us and brings us closer to Him. Right now, we're in a series of messages that we're calling Grounded in Christ, Growing in Christ, where we're exploring the mission, vision, and core convictions of our church, focusing on the centrality of Christ in Word and in our lives. To hear all of the messages in this series, please visit GroundedAndGrowingRadio.com. And if you'd like to help provide financial support for this radio ministry, you can make a gift of any size at that same website, GroundedAndGrowingRadio.com. If you're not already a part of a local church family, then I would like to invite you to visit us at Orland Park CRC this Sunday as we gather to worship the Lord and study His Word together. To find our service times and location information, just visit GroundedAndGrowingRadio.com. And now, let's open God's word to see what he has for us today. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Matthew 28. We'll be taking a look at verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Today, we talk about the second core conviction of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, that we have open arms to the world And the passage that we have just read today will be the text for today and for next week when we gather together to talk about our third core conviction, which is that we're committed to teaching and training, that we are committed to discipleship. Today, however, we take some time to look at this call given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ to go into all the world, to have open arms to the world. And one of the things that I want to do with you at the outset of the message is to just talk about the fact that this is a difficult thing to do. This is a challenging thing to do. This is one of the most difficult things to do, I think, in the Christian life. It is difficult to reach out. And it is difficult for two reasons. I think there are two difficulties that can face us in trying to reach out. Here's the first difficulty, The first is that it is a serious danger for the Christian to be transformed by the world into the image of the world. There's something dangerous about going out into the world. And the reason that it's so dangerous is that the world and the patterns of the world and the thought life of the world and the sins of the world and the ideologies of the world, this is the water that we swim in. This is the environment that we live in. There is a a scholar named Marshall McLuhan. He called himself a media ecologist. He looked at media and he said, we don't know who discovered water, but we know it wasn't a fish. There's a point to this quotation. What he's saying is this, when you live in an environment, you tend not to notice the environment in which you live. He's saying that somebody else had to come that did not live in the water, touch water and be like, oh, this substance is different. This is distinct. This I'm going to call water. This is water, right? It wasn't a fish because a fish was born in and swam in and just experienced that this was the world in which they existed. We're the same sort of way. It's very difficult for us to notice the environment that we live in, and therefore it's very difficult for us to not be transformed by it. The substance of consumeristic, egalitarian, democratic capitalism is our environment. It's the air we breathe and the water that we swim in. It's our default position. And the society in which we live has formed all of our souls. It's impossible for us to not be formed in certain ways by the environment in which we live because we exist in it. And so there's a real danger in being conformed to the world in the midst of attempting to reach out to the world. This came home to me when I was in seminary, and a guy that I knew there, he was a friend of mine, he was talking about how he was trying to reach out to the world. And he's like, you know what I'm finding? I think I just like non-Christians more than I like Christians. And he was saying this because he really desired at that time for those people to come into the church to be a part of the church. About two years ago i was talking to a friend he said did you hear what happened to that friend of ours from seminary the one that i was just referencing i was like no what happened he goes he left the church he renounced the faith he said he really preferred non-christians to christians this is the first danger and it's something that is it's frightening there's real danger in being conformed to the world in the midst of our attempt to reach out it's for that reason that there are so many warnings and commands not to be conformed to the ways of the world Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. James 1, verse 27. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Jude verse 23, save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by flesh. The scripture gives regular commands don't be transformed into the ways of the world, be distinct from the world, be different from the way that the world operates. And the first danger then is that in trying to go into the world, we can be conformed to the world. But here's the second difficulty. The second difficulty that we sometimes or maybe oftentimes experience, the second difficulty is that we don't want to reach out. That's the other danger. Not reaching out is the other danger. And there are two types of not reaching out that I just want to talk about. The first one is that sometimes people rightly see that the danger that the fallen world is or the danger that the fallen world contains They see that there's a chance that they can be transformed by the world, and so our temptation can be to want to circle the wagons so that there's no contact with the world or as little contact as possible. Now, let me be clear. Sometimes, or perhaps oftentimes, the ones who are most committed to keeping themselves from the patterns of the world, the ones who are the most committed to be distinct from the world by their holiness, are oftentimes the ones who are the best example of reaching out. The ones who are talking to their friends about Jesus. The ones who are inviting people to church. The ones who are taking care of those who are poor. The ones who are really committed to adoption or to orphan care. The ones who are reaching out in many distinct ways are oftentimes the ones most committed to being holy and Distinct from the world. I want to be clear that that is often the case. But sometimes people, in an effort to uh, not live a life uh, like the world, want to keep themselves holy, also do not engage with the world, and thus miss the call of the Savior, of our Savior, Jesus, in the passage to go into the world and make disciples. But there's a second type of non-reacher-outer. That's a technical world word that I just developed. The second type of non-reacher-outer is this. Those that don't reach out because we're too spiritually lazy or too frightened. And so we keep to ourselves, we don't reach out and we don't act because we're too frightened about what it might mean. And so to all of us comes the call of our savior Jesus today. Go out in the power of God, under the authority of God, and therefore keeping yourselves from the patterns of the world, yet going out into the world. That's our command this morning. Have open arms to the world, Orland Park CRC. Have open arms to the world, everybody who is here today, everyone who is listening Knowing the challenges inherent in reaching out, knowing that there are these two difficulties, these two difficulties of of being conformed in the image of the world or not going into the world, I want to talk a little bit about how this is developed throughout the scriptures. And so I'm going to talk about the Old Testament. I'm going to talk about Israel in the Old Testament. I'm going to talk about Jesus. And I'm going to talk about you. Not you specifically, right? I'm not... I didn't write this sermon about one person in the congregation and I'm not going to preach to them. But the Old Testament, Jesus, and then you. Let's take a look at these three things. How does this reaching out thing work in the Old Testament for Jesus and therefore how does it work for us? Well, in the Old Testament, we see that the people of Israel are the ones who are chosen by God. They're made by God to be the sons and the daughters of the Lord God. And when we look at the people of Israel in the Old Testament, I think that we don't often consider them to be a nation called to go into the world. In fact, I think that we are tempted to believe that they were only and explicitly called them to keep themselves from other nations, because they were called to be distinct from other nations in a really radical way. And to show us that, let me read to us from Deuteronomy chapter 7. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 7, verses 1 through 6, tells us this. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it, and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, Gerishites, Amorites, Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, it's a lot of nations. <clears throat> Seven nations more numerous and mightier than you, and when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction." You shall make no covenant with them and show no mercy to them. You shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons or taking their daughters for your sons. For they would turn you away from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you and he would destroy you quickly. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Do you see in that passage in Deuteronomy 7 how distinct from the world that Israel is called to be? They're told to completely destroy those other nations that are living in Canaan because the Lord does not want them to adopt the patterns of behavior of those other nations because they are called to be holy. The Lord reminds them of their call to be a holy and clean and set apart people. And so the Lord gives to Israel all sorts of reminders of their set apartness, of their distinct holiness. They were to keep themselves from marrying anyone who wasn't a part of the Israelite community. They were to follow practices of clean and unclean behavior. There were elaborate purification rites. There was a sacrificial system that they were supposed to give themselves to. All of this was regularly to show them that they were to be a holy people distinct from the world. And yet, in the midst of all of that, they were not to keep themselves from the world. In fact, in Deuteronomy, there are commandments to love the stranger and the foreigner, to welcome them in, to make sure that they show them kindness and charity. And there is a purpose of the holiness of Israel. And the Lord had a purpose for the people of Israel, and it was to show the world that the Lord is God.
0: Today's message in our Grounded in Christ, Growing in Christ series will continue in just a moment. We wanted to let you know that you can download a copy of the ebook Answering 7 Hard Questions That Christians Ask absolutely free when you visit GroundedAndGrowingRadio.com While you're there, you can also listen to past messages of this radio program. This radio ministry is supported by gifts from listeners like you. To support this ministry, you can give a gift of any amount when you visit groundedandgrowingradio.com and click on the Give a Gift button. We appreciate your support as we share this work with listeners across Chicagoland. Now we continue with today's message from Pastor Derek on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.
1: Let me read to you from Isaiah chapter 49, just two verses, verses 5 and 6. Here's the word of the Lord coming through the prophet Isaiah to the people of Israel. We're told in Isaiah 49, and now the Lord says... He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, is it too light a thing that you should be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob, and to bring back the preserved of Israel? And then here, pay attention. The Lord says to this, I will make you a light for the nations, that my salvation May reach to the end of the earth. Do you see what the final purpose is of the people of Israel? To be a light to all the nations, so that the whole world would know that the Lord is God, and so that the salvation of the Lord might reach to the very ends of the earth. The ends of all the earth shall hear and turn to the Lord in fear. The purpose of Israel's holiness was not to keep the nations at arm's length, was not to keep the nations from interacting with the people of Israel. It was to keep Israel from the practices and sins of the world so they could be a light to every nation so that the salvation of the Lord would reach every nation. And that salvation would come and would come through Jesus Christ the Lord. And this takes us to the second part of our sermon today as we talk about Jesus. Jesus comes. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. He is the light through which the ends of the earth will hear and be saved. Coming from Israel. And Jesus upends things when he comes. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus begins his earthly ministry, and very shortly after his first miracle in Mark chapter 2, when he turns water into wine, the, the leaders, the religious leaders of the time, are trying to destroy Jesus. Let me read you from the beginning of Mark chapter
0: 3.
1: <clears throat> We're told in the beginning of Mark chapter 3, again he entered the synagogue, and a man there with a withered hand, was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with a withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved by their hardness of heart. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. Jesus comes into the world and immediately smashes the man-made regulations of the Pharisees constructed to try to protect this principle that had been given to the people of Israel. Keep yourselves holy. Keep yourselves from the world. In an attempt to try to preserve what the regulation actually was from the Lord, the Pharisees had added all sorts of layers of human restrictions and regulations, and those never had come from the Lord. And so Jesus smashes through them. He smashes through them, and he has contact with the unclean within the people of Israel. He has contact with outsiders, the tax collectors, those people who were Romans. But Jesus has contact without contamination. Jesus is so holy that when the unclean touched him, he would make the unclean to be clean. He did not become unclean. He was so holy that whenever the unclean touched him, they became clean. And he would interact with that which was unclean outside of the people Israel. He would dine. He would feast. He would party with tax collectors and sinners. He was out in the world, not protecting himself from those tax collectors or those hated Romans, but he would not join them in debauchery or oppression. He had contact without contamination. And Jesus came to be our savior and to go to the cross and to shed his blood and forgive our sins and rise again from the dead and be our righteousness. And Jesus also came and lived a life that's an example for us. And so Jesus shows us that one empowered by the Holy Spirit, one acting like the Lord, is one who's filled with joy, who can feast and party, but is completely holy. Not ever sinning, but not ever keeping oneself from engagement with the world while never picking up the practices of the world. Do you see that that's the way that Jesus operated? Well, Jesus provides the example for us. And this comes to you and to me, the third point of the message today. You and I are called to be like Jesus. Called to be in the world but not of the world, to reach out to the world, but not be conformed to it or transformed by it. We are commanded by the words of our savior to go out into the world. You know, who Jesus is, is so amazing, is so beautiful, is so wonderful that we must not keep him to ourselves. But we give him to the world. And hear the words of Acts chapter 1 as well. Acts chapter 1, this story happens immediately after the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 8. We're told in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 and following this. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he he was lifted up and and a cloud took him out of their sight. This is when he ascends into the world. But notice especially verse 8. I want you to notice especially verse 8 which says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Lord has just told them I'm sending you out into the world. And then he says, and you will receive the power to do this when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You and I, just like the disciples, therefore, are called to have open arms to the world because the Holy Spirit wants the world for Christ. You and I are called to have open arms to the world because the Holy Spirit wants the world for Christ. And so we reach out without being conformed to the world. We commit ourselves to reaching out so that the world may know that Jesus died and rose again. So that the world, the ends of the earth, might know that God offers salvation in Christ Jesus. We reach out as a congregation in both word and deed. We reach out sometimes through um, various ministries that care for those who are poor, that care for those who are in need, that care for those who are hurting. We reach out through the orphan ministry, through our car ministry, giving away cars. We reach out through our food pantry, giving food to those who are hungry. We reach out in all those sorts of ways, and this is vitally important And it's also important that none of these ministries be detached from letting Jesus be known. Every single one of the ministries that we do, every time that we we go into the world, it's because we want the world to know that Jesus is alive. That we want to go in the authority that Jesus has and to tell the world that Jesus is alive and then teach them to obey everything that he's commanded us. And so that means that, that we are also called, of course, to care for the physical needs of people. And it is tempting for us to try to care for these needs and then to not mention the name of Jesus. This is my temptation. Maybe it's not yours. Let me tell you two stories of, uh, to, to illustrate this. When I, was, when I had just graduated college, I was doing improv downtown Chicago. I was taking classes at I.O. Chicago. And I regularly prayed that the Lord would give me opportunity to tell other people about Jesus because within the class that I had there, downtown Chicago, there were a bunch of people that did not know the Lord and were like really open about that, right? Really open about their non-Christianity. And so I'd pray, Lord, let me have openings to talk about you, to tell people about you. And so I would try to reach out in a whole bunch of different ways, right? Sometimes just to invite them to talk with me because I was hoping that I would share the gospel with them. One time I was invited to a party of one of the guys that was a part of my, uh, my improv group. And so I went to the party and tried not to engage in a bunch of the practices, and I didn't engage in a bunch of the practices that were happening at that party, just to be clear, right? Um, and there was one guy there who I'd been praying for, and he had been having some tough times, so I went and talked to him, and I was like, dude, how are you doing? How is this particular th- thing going on that you're talking about? And so he opened up, he was very vulnerable, and at the end of it he goes, dude, you are so, like, thoughtful and kind. How is it that you're this thoughtful and kind? And what I wish I had said is something along the lines of, I, I believe in Jesus. I mean, I trust Jesus, and that's, that's why. What I actually said was something like, Oh, well, you gotta be kind. And then I, like, punched him on the shoulder, and then I walked away. <laughs> My reaching out to him was supposed to be for a purpose. And I totally dropped the ball. Another time, I was in seminary. I was praying that God would give me opportunities to talk about Jesus with other people. I was at the airport one morning. And uh, a guy right in front of me who was dropping off somebody as well started reversing. And I started beeping because I saw that he was about to hit me. He kept reversing and he ran right into my car. And I got out. It wasn't bad. He had heard the horn. He had stopped pretty quickly. So there were just some slight dents. And I looked at him and I was like, you know what? I'm going to let you go. And he goes, dude, that's amazing. Why would you do that? Here's what I wish I had said to him. I belong to Jesus. I'm a Christian. And his grace has so transformed me that that's how I now act towards other people. Here's what I actually said. Well, you got to be nice sometimes. And then I patted him on the arm and I got back into my car and I thought, what did you just do? This is what you pray for all the time. My reaching out was supposed to be with a purpose, that people would know Jesus. I say this so that you know that I am not perfect at this, but I'm trying, I'm, I'm seeking to get better. I keep praying about it.
0: You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Buchum in our series, Grounded in Christ, Growing in Christ, where we explore the core mission, vision, and convictions of our church, focusing on the centrality of Christ in Word and in our lives. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160 Hope for Your Life, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook Answering 7 Hard Questions That Christians Ask.
1: Again, that's GroundedAndGrowingRadio.com. This is Pastor Derek Bukema, and on behalf of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, we want to thank you for your support and partnership in proclaiming the gospel here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. If you're looking for a local church to call home, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday. You can find all the details online at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, may God bless you.